All right, if you got a Bible, grab Psalm 126 and Ecclesiastes 11. And let's grab oh, Philippians 3, I think. We'll do it. Psalm 126, Ecclesiastes 11, and Philippians 3. We'll spend most of our time in Psalm 126, but... Uh, as part of our introduction, we want to look at these other verses real quick. Psalm 126, Ecclesiastes 11, and then in your New Testament, in the epistles, Philippians and chapter 3. There's a few verses connected with Philippians 3 that you might want to mark down. Uh, we'll get to them in a moment after we start our introduction a little bit. Let's read Psalm 126. Let's begin reading verse 1 together. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. How picturesque God is in the way He gives us things to read that He's put into print for us. Uh, the picture, of course, is when you have you know one of the best dreams you could have, and, and uh, you, you wake up and you go, don't tell me I'm dreaming, this is wonderful, you know. Sometimes you have nightmares, I know, but this is about uh, their mouth being filled with laughter, tongue with singing, just rejoicing. Verse 4, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. And then two verses that you probably are familiar with. It says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And uh, keep your place there. That's where we're going to spend our time. And he said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I'm going to bring up a verse here, and then I'll tie it together. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 4. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 4. Look at it with me. Ecclesiastes 11, go ahead and get over there, and verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Let's look at the first half of that verse, put it in your mind. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He said, if you wait for the perfect circumstances to sow seed, you'll keep finding fault nine times out of ten with the conditions, with the weather, etc. And then Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Father, we pray you take these thoughts and use them to our edification and our challenge and our maintenance, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now this subject I'm going to look at today out of Psalm 126 is a truth you've heard before, most likely. Okay, You might look at me and say, well, uh, I've heard that before. Okay, well then, I guess we should remove all the stop signs in your little town. You've stopped at that place before. You know to stop. You just remove the stop sign. You don't need remembering. Or traffic signals. I mean, you've been to that traffic signal. You know uh, the timing of it, etc., etc. So why don't we just do that? Uh, hazard warnings. Take, a, take the warning lights off of things like appliances and off your car and that kind of thing. I mean, you ever forget to take your supplements or something that was needful? Especially if you've been ill or something, and nowadays, of course, you've got phones and watches and 
you put notifications on them, don't you? You stick them, stick them notes. You put them on the, you know, on the mirror. You put them on the. Uh, <laughs> I heard a guy say the other day. He said, if you want to remember it, put it on that mirror where you look in the morning, and it, it might even make the morning a little easier than just looking at yourself. But uh, reminding, repeating. Philippians three one. He said, it for you. It is safe. It is safe. And he, he makes a similar comment over in 2 Peter 1. Simon Peter does. Paul makes the same type of thing over to Timothy in 2 Timothy. And the reason he, he puts it in there is because it helps. He told Timothy, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting all of my hands. He said you've got to get remembered. So my subject is simple. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And you could supply or look up on your own, uh, have it on a stick of note somewhere or a reminder, other verses, you know, on sowing and reaping. The, the subject is this real quick. So, so, S-O, comma, so, S-O-W, so, so. In other words, in light of this statement in your Bible and others that can go with it, but we're just doing it from a devotional standpoint today. So, so, so. In other words, the conclusion is so, comma, so. And, and as a thought to sort of spark your mind, when you're in between things, so. When you're facing a challenge, and you're partway through the challenge or a trial you're going through and you're partway through the trial or an illness and you don't know the outcome. So, 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 not so, so, S-O-S-O, okay? So, S-O-W. So what do I do? So, three things, they're real simple, but just a reminder, okay? And, And here's the picture. When in doubt, so, when in doubt, so. So a thought, so a prayer, so a deed, so an emotion towards the future, a good one. So, when in doubt, so. First of all, an open invitation. Look, they that. Would you mark that? That's an open invitation. They that shall. They that. Now, it honestly, it doesn't mean haphazardly. It obviously means on purpose. Because they that sow, what, in tears shall reap in joy. Now, that tears might be out of a burden. It might be because of the difficulty of the sowing. It might be because you've got other things going on and there's tears in your life. And God says, since you got tears, just go ahead and what? Sow. Just sow. Sow a smile. Sow a prayer. Sow a gesture. Sow a thought for others. Sow silence about yourself and inquire about someone else. So, so. You don't want a so-so day. S-O-S-O. You don't want to become a so-so Christian. Become a so. I'm in this situation. I will sow. When in doubt, you sow. You know, it can be done from anywhere by anyone. We know immediately you can sow in prayer. 
the little hymn says, Are you laid aside from service, body worn from toil and care? You can still be in the battle in the sacred place of prayer. You can sow by giving. You know, it doesn't have to be, it, it, it can be the widow's might, my dear friend. It can be a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars. You sow it into something. Just, you say, well, I'm just having, I've got financial troubles. Well, I'm going to just tell you what all the old timers taught us. So, now you're not supposed to give away money that you owe somebody. I get all that. But you could sow. Uh, I, I, I think that I've heard so many of the old timers say, and many of them are gone to be with the Lord, but they lived by it, that you could take that cup of coffee that you would buy, you could take that sandwich and sow it. Sow it. You might sow the actual sandwich by giving it to somebody, but you might sow the money for it. Just get the big picture with me. Open invitation. They that, so in tears, shall. Open invitation. It's to you. It's to me. So. So I've got these troubles. So. So. So I'm waiting on God's answer on this and that. Okay. So. So, comma, so. Secondly, look at the order of the ingredients. And you might put in parentheses the overlooked order of ingredients. Verse 6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. So you've got tears. You've got seed. And you've got a sower. He that goeth forth. You've got a going, an action. The order of the ingredients. The overlooked order of the ingredients. See, some have tears. They're, they, they do. They have, they're, they're truly full of compassion for the world. But they don't have a seed. They don't have a tract to put out. They don't have a word of gospel. They've got the tears, but not the seed. Some have the seed. Boy, they can tell you what that Bible says, brother, and they can, sister, and they can tell you if you're not saved, you're going to hell and repent and all that. That's, that's got the seed. But they don't have any tears. But you take the seed and then you water it, pictured by the tears, okay? And I've said this for years and years. It's helped me. You can have the salt water, tears, come out of your eyes, or you can have the salt water, James, come out of your mouth. But you're not going to have fresh and salt water come out of the same spring, same vessel. So the seed and watered with tears. I really believe that the gospel seed is hindered by a lack of tears. And I also believe that there's a lot more, a lot of compassion and emotion, but it's not backed up with tracks, uh, not backed up with getting someone to church, hearing the gospel, not backed up with the sincerity that you pour down your prayers to God for that soul. See, Christian support of one another, of gospel work, it's the key to this thing, and it's done by what? By sowing. The overlooked ingredients, the order of the overlooked ingredients is, here he says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. So the picture is the compassion, the burden first. I think that if we realize that this is a formula from God, 
We would not worry about others thinking we have a burden for souls. We would truly ask God for one, and we would put our position ourselves in a position to get this burden for souls. You know, to me, that's one of the things that, that I marvel at sometimes. It's almost like Christians become fatalistic and say, well, God, if you didn't give me the compassion. But you do things in life when you want to acquire something. When you want to acquire compassion, you look into things, first of all. You also take what you've experienced from God and you allow it to soften you and burn you for others. Now, it's possible that you haven't suffered much, haven't entered into very many hardships, trials, temptations. And so you're maybe more stoic or even self-righteous. But it's a healthy thing to ask God for tears. I don't know that I'd tell you to ask Him for patience. You should try to let patience have its perfect work. But you ought to ask him. The order of the ingredients, these overlooked ingredients, there's tears and there's seed and there's sowing. Let that sink down inside you. Now, may I say this? It's easier to be concerned about people in another city, another state, another country, other side of the world, Different than it is for those closest to you. To be, and First John is all about this, to be concerned about somebody close to you as a true Bible-believing Christian, as a child of God, would mean that your love will turn into compassion, will turn into action. But to be burdened about somebody on the other side of the world and all the things that are happening to people doesn't, doesn't necessarily require any of that. So you can have tears without seed, and sometimes you can have seed without tears. Let's say you're a given type Christian. You do faith promise or that kind of thing. And by the way, it's an important thing to give our first fruits, often called the tithe, to God. It is. I, I believe with all my heart, He keeps track of that. He watches. But those aren't sowing. It's not sowing to give my first fruits. That's reciprocation. Another whole subject by itself, but we because He. You know, we give because He first gave. And we give our first fruits represented by, signified, uh, a token of it being our tithe. We give that as reciprocation to God. And He set up a, a, a way to support the local church by doing that. Child of God, it's not I'm giving to that church. It's not I'm sowing into that church. If I sow more than my first fruit, then that's sowing. And that's not storehouse tithing and legalism. That's a, that was set up in the book of Genesis, which is under grace before the law. So look for tears and seed and sowing. Well, quickly, just a devotion. The outcome. So you got an open invitation. <laughs> you have an order of the overlooked ingredients, and you got an outcome. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, what? Bringing his sheaves with him. Now, if you think that means that everybody should go out and have a soul to bring to church, that's not what the book teaches. One waters, one plants, another waters, God gives the increase. You better stay away from that. That has, that has been the downfall of the last 75 years. Maybe a hundred, but the definitely last seventy-five years of 
Christianity as a whole, fundamental Christianity, Bible-believing Christianity. Sheaves rejoicing with him. Now, if you can bring one, bring someone. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if how God used you, he was, was another D.L. Moody, but may I say this? It doesn't matter that he was. God gives the increase for that. God gets the glory for who he saves. We are noted with God for the tears and the seed and the sowing, the outcome. Those tears take our personal investment. We've let it reach down inside of us. We've let ourselves be touched by the feeling of others' infirmities, by the feelings of others' destiny. Your Bible talks about loaning unto the Lord. I'm not even going to turn to it. You know where the verses are. He lendeth unto the Lord. It's lending as in this way. We know He owns everything. We know we're mere stewards. But because He makes us stewards, what He does is He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give this to you. If you're wise and you love me and you want to reciprocate, you're going to put the first fruit back to me each time. Okay? Be careful. Don't get legalistic about it. Don't get formulistic about it like a formula. Some people, they just, they worry themselves to death. If God doesn't, uh, if, you, if you take your money after you've given God the first fruit and then you buy something and you sell it, okay, for what you bought it for or less, well, there's nothing there to, to give up. Now, if you took and you bought something and you sold it and you made a bunch more than you had initially invested, which doesn't happen to a lot of people, then you've got to deal with God. But you take a soul, a person, an eternal soul, that's an investment that you take and you, you give of what God gave you stewardship over and you lend it to the Lord. Lord, use this. When Hannah took Samuel to the tabernacle, as a little fella, she said, this is my loan unto the Lord. God turned around and gave her a handful of children. How else can I invest? You can do so in discipling. You can do so in teaching. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't it a blessing to know what God has done because you sowed? And you may not know a lot of it. You know, I've come across things in the last 40 years that I didn't know happened because I sowed. And then it would come up, this person, that person, just through a series of events, God's providence. And I'm like, man, isn't that amazing? You, you, t you take supporting something. You take, you take your prayer life daily, covering someone in, in, in prayer daily, and you don't know all the time. Sometimes it will happen. The other day I sent a text early... Uh, actually, I sent a text at night. I was burdened for a certain person and I uh, sent him a text. The next morning, I found out that while I was sending that text, unbeknownst to me, it was in the emergency room. I didn't know. I was just was burdened. And I mean to tears burdened because I, until you've been where life is uncertain, until you've been sick of that nature or injured in that way, or in other situations, whether it be physically or financially, till you've been there, it's not as easy to have compassion. But once you have, you really should have compassion. And if you let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart, Romans 5, you'll get that compassion. 
the open invitation, they that, it's to you, it's to me, it's to every single individual. It is open. And it says, they that sow in tears shall reap. Both ends of that is open. It's open. There's an order of ingredients, often overlooked. It's tears and it's seed, okay? And it's sowing. You say, well, in verse 5, he says, sow in tears. Yeah, you're going to have to have the tears first or while you're doing it, and then you'll reap. You've got to have a seed to do it. So he clarifies it in verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The outcome from the investment. Open invitation, the order of the ingredients, and an outcome from the investment. So, comma, so. <laughs> so, so. You may say, what do I do today? I, I, I believe this with all my heart, and I have to remind myself every day, Philippians 3, 2 Timothy 1, uh, I have to remind myself. I have to put stuff like this truth. I've got it printed in a couple of places where I see it. Why? Because I believe this. While I'm waiting for the next thing, or I need God to fix something, or I'm just in that time where it's duty, I need to be reminded don't just take the day off, but so. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're even semi-conscious, so. If you get burdened for someone, let the tears flow, and then so. I can't give you a formula, but there's no telling how powerful prayers are that are sown in tears. And there's no powerful how much the gospel sown in tears is worth. Or messages sent out after we prepare our hearts and minds in tears. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Doing what? Bringing his sheaves with him. And remember the verse, okay? He that observeth the wind shall not sow. The wind's a picture of doctrine, false doctrine in your Bible. The wind is a picture of, of uh, opposition. The wind rose when they were in the ship on the Sea of Galilee. And what was it doing? It was beating them up. It was filling the boat. If you observe the wind, you will not sow. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, So, I've got this, this, and this, comma, so, S-O-W. Father, I pray you take this simple thought and use it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God be with you.